Hey, this is Justin Sinceri. Welcome to this episode of Stuck Not Broken. I'm going to share with you a clip from one of my recent Polyvagal 101 live experience webinars. If you're interested in coming to the next one, it's September 17th, 2022. Head on over to justinlmft.com. Or if you're interested in hosting this at your own agency, just contact me um, at my email. It's justinlmft at gmail.com. But you can find all that on the website as well. Uh, the next one, again, September 17th. 2022. Polyvagal 101 is not just like lecture about the polyvagal theory. I include imagery. I include uh, movie clips. I include live polling. It's, I really want you to learn it, but I also want you to experience it on some level in a safe and contained way. Now, how does all this connect to trauma? You're wondering, Justin, this is fantastic. You're riveting us. You're a great presenter, but how does this, how does this, how does this connect to trauma? I'm kind of putting thoughts in your mind there. So trauma is being stuck in a defensive state. So stuck in flight or fight, being stuck in shutdown, being stuck in freeze. These are all more of like a defensive state. Being stuck in those states is trauma. That's why my podcast is called Stuck Not Broken. Trauma is the response to the event, not the event itself. That, that's not the way we think, typically. But from the polyvagal theory, trauma is not the car crash like in this picture. Trauma is how we the state that we're left in after the car crash. So, you know, all, all of us could be, let's say we're in like a bus together, right? Or maybe not all of us, but let's say we're in a bus together and the bus gets in a crash. I may walk away from that with a different response than you do. And that, let's just say we're, we're in the exact same situation and we both walk away from it. One of us might be able to take a deep breath and say, oh my gosh, that was unbelievable. Are you okay? And we're, and we're mostly okay. The other person may have gone to a freeze where they're mobilized, but also forced to immobilize, where they're locked in more of a paralysis, or at least that energy is in their system. So they walk out of that bus, but maybe they are more like in that free state, and they're not able to self-regulate. They're not able to check in with the other person. They're not able to breathe and, and calm down. So the same event can lead to different responses. That way, that's why we say what's traumatic. The trauma is not the event. It's the response to the event now of course some events are more likely to leave you in a traumatized state absolutely but it's it's the response to the event now there's different types of traumas or different types of um, events we'll say there's one-time events like a car accident an injury even childhood falls violent attacks assaults especially if in childhood and unexpected and what that means is like someone could go you, you can box with somebody and go into a ring you expect to be hit. You expect to be beat up. So that's not traumatic in the same way that you know being assaulted and physically beaten up would be. So one-time events could be could lead someone in a traumatized state. Trauma can also come from ongoing relentless stress. So the neighborhood you live in, uh, a life-threatening illness, being bullied, domestic violence, child neglect, all, abuse. All of these things are ongoing and repeated. So they're relentless. There's no way to exactly run away. Maybe no one way to no way to fight from the away fight them off. So this could leave someone in a traumatized state, even a, a shutdown or a freeze state. But it'd probably be one of those uh, defensive states. It could also come from other things that we don't really think about. So bullying is down the bottom left. I would say that's not something we take seriously. But uh, bullying, from my experience working with kids, like it really affects them. Uh, commonly overlooked causes of surgery. If you go in into surgery while you're really in a flight fight state and then you're forced to immobilize that could leave someone in traumatized state uh, sudden death of somebody close breakup of a significant relationship 
humiliation, disappointment, disappointing experience, a deeply disappointing experience, uh, especially if someone's deliberately cruel. All these things we kind of overlook, but these could be in and of themselves some level of trauma. But I would look at these more like these might be like the last straw. Like maybe there is something you've gone through or really going through, and then there is that death of somebody close, and it's like now really I really do exist in a traumatized state. So these could be in and of themselves. They also could be that kind of like last straw flavor. But the kids that I work with, they, they, their lives are, are very traumatic. Um, and what's interesting is that if you, if I ask them, or if you ask them, what was the point? Like, when did things really change for you? A lot of times what they'll say is, well, it's when I lost my parent. It's like, it's when my safety person was not in my life anymore. When my parent left me or when my grandparent died. That's what I hear a lot, my grandparent died. So it's when that, when that one person in my life, so that, that one, that death of somebody close to me, that's when, even though I've been through all kinds of horrifying stuff, that's the moment where things really change for me. And that's what they'll, they'll tell me. So those are the different events or the, or the types of events that can lead to trauma. But there's actually two paths to trauma to make it a little bit more convoluted that those events could take. So those events could lead to the path of an acute life threat reaction. That would be like those one-time events where you go through a thing that leaves you in a more of a traumatized, stuck, defensive state. Those events could also lead to the second path of trauma, which is a chronic disruption of connectedness. So if you you could go through the um, ongoing relentless stress, that's probably more of the chronic disruption of connectedness. So these two are different paths that could lead someone in a traumatized state. What those look like, those events, will be different person to person. So an acute life threat reaction, examples here would be car crash, school shooting, terrorist attack, assault, war. This is probably, I would say, going to leave someone in more of a freeze state where they were immobilized while highly charged, while in flight fight. And this is going to be related, I would say, to PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. In this path of trauma, in this acute life threat reaction, the nervous system is frozen. That's The word freeze really applies here is frozen in the moment of survival. So that that impulse to run away or fight was not able to complete because there was also immobility. So that leaves someone in the, with this frozen flavor of flight fight uh, plus plus shutdown, the, the freeze. So the, the impulse to, com- to survive is not able to complete. And this can later on be triggered by aspects of the event, sense, sights, locations, people. It may trigger that state and trigger a flashback or trigger that flight flight energy to, to resurface. This is, um, this is from an article called 20 Years Later, Columbine. It says, Martin did not sustain physical injuries during Columbine, so initially she didn't realize how deeply set her trauma was. But she learned she was a changed person after a fire alarm went off in class during her freshman year of college. She says, I started crying and I didn't even understand why I was crying. She later realized that the fire alarm was a trigger related to Columbine. She had been locked in a tiny room with 60 other students hiding that day and the fire alarm was going off the entire time. So you have someone who has this sensory experience of the fire alarm, which is connected to the experience of being immobile, but having the impulse to run or fight. Now, someone who has had this type of, this path of trauma, they can have a fulfilling life, they can have a relationship, they can meet their goals, it's possible, but they might avoid aspects of the event. They might avoid the people involved, obviously. They might, they might avoid the places. They might avoid the sensory stimuli like the fire alarm. So otherwise, they, can leave, they could leave, live a fulfilling life. 
but those aspects of the event will trigger that state to come back. Now there's the second path of trauma, which is the chronic disruption of connectedness. Examples here would be neglect, ongoing abuse, divorce, domestic violence. This, I would say, would leave someone in more of a, could, I, I think it could be any of the mix, or in any of the states, sorry, flight, fight, shut down, or freeze. I think it could leave someone in any of those states stuck, okay? And I think this would probably be more closely related to complex post-traumatic stress disorder because there's this, uh, with, with CPTSD, there's this, there's this element of disconnection of having your attachment severed repeatedly or your safe connections severed repeatedly. So there's the the uh, traumatic incidents that someone goes through plus the disconnections from a safe other. So it adds this other layer of trauma to it. So this person exists in a chronic state of defense. They can't really avoid aspects of the event the same way that someone with the uh, acute life threat reaction might be able to. This person like is always in a, in a state of defense. Uh, kids especially are susceptible to this. They, they have a biological reliance on the adults in their life. And so this puts them at a higher risk of this type of trauma or this path of trauma. Um, and attachment has a lot to do with this, the impulse to connect. This is a necessity of being a child. This is a like a guiding biological impulse within every single one of us is to attach to people in our life. And hopefully they are safe. Hopefully they're predictable. Hopefully there's some structure there and that there's a safe, healthy, loving attachment. And this is absolutely essential for other life, <coughs> excuse me, other life milestones. If, if, attach, if a healthy attachment is not set, then other life milestones like meeting friends, finding relationships, these become a lot more challenging. And that the, these individuals who have complex or, or the um, chronic disruption of connectedness, they have a lot of difficulties with, with identifying and maintaining safe and trusting relationships. So identifying safe people is a significant challenge for them, or it can be. So it's not really something that they can't avoid aspects of the event, like that flavor is always in their system, okay? Now each of us probably has something we call a home away from home. Ideally, we exist in a safe and social state all the time, right? That's not realistic though. None of us do that, all right? So we have what we call a home away from home. And that's the defensive state that you are in more often than not. So just reflect for yourself, and I'll do a poll after this, an anonymous poll. For you, what's your home away from home? Flight, fight, shut down, or freeze? What state do you spend more time in than not? For me, it's easily shut down. And probably my whole life, I've had more of a shutdown flavor in my system than, uh, than anything else. So this is not bad. It, 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 just, it is what it is. And I would invite you just to kind of get a gauge or a flavor of your workplace and what we're bringing to the workplace, just to help each other gain some empathy for each other, maybe. Uh, what, what state do you feel like you kind of exist? What's your home way, away from home? Yes, yeah, so my hope is that you see this and instead of just seeing each other as people who are always in this fully conscious state that can make clear-headed choices and weigh pros and cons, um, Instead, we are people who exist in these states and then make decisions and then implement policies or you know, go to work or do our work or whatever that looks like. So first and foremost, we are organisms or mammals that exist with these states and then we interact with each other and then we come to work and then we do our therapeutic modalities, whatever it is. But this is what we bring 
to work. This is what we bring to our relationships, our friendships. So there's a really good mix here. A lot of shutdowns seem to be the majority. Um, but just so you see, this like this is a, a little reflection of your coworkers on some level. Hey, thank you so much for being a part of this episode of Stuck Not Broken. Again, if you're interested in being a part of or hosting Polyvagal 101 at your own agency or being a part of it at my next live webinar experience or just buying the course as a pre-recorded version, head on over to justinlmft.com.